I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to a new episode of Land Grant Holy Land In Conversation. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this podcast, we talk to people in and around Ohio State athletics and the sporting world at large to bring you a different insight and perspective to the teams, athletes, and university that you love. On today's episode, we are in conversation with Banner Society's Alex Kirshner to talk about what many consider to be the top individual prize in perhaps all of sports, the Heisman Trophy. Those people would, of course, be wrong, but we'll get to that in just a minute. In our conversation, we discuss what the Heisman Trophy actually means in today's college football landscape, the three Ohio State candidates up for the award, and their main competition. Then, we get into what is actually the most prestigious individual award in all of sports, the Heisman Trophy. So, with all of that now out of the way, here's my conversation with Alex Kirshner. All right, so I think what might be the the most productive way to start this conversation is to just discuss what you think the award actually is. It's not the college football MVP. It's not the college football most outstanding player. It's just the Heisman Trophy. Sometimes that is synonymous with those other two types of awards, but sometimes it's not. So in the big picture, thinking about the 900 or whatever voters, what do you think this award actually represents and who are the people that actually end up being candidates for the Heisman Trophy? Uh, I think the award actually represents the best quarterback or running back on a good team. And <laughs> yeah. that's not to say that it is meaningless. I mean, that's that's an achievement. There are a lot of good teams and a lot of good quarterbacks and running backs. But uh, it's become clear over the last a lot of years that the award isn't really uh, an award for the most outstanding college football player across the board. Um, but it is pretty positionally limited and and pretty exclusive to players on on excellent teams. Yeah, and obviously from an Ohio State perspective, one of the people that our fandom is pushing quite a bit is not either a quarterback or a running back, although we've got those two. And really, the only time that a a defensive player has won, I would contend that uh, he actually won just as much for his special teams scoring ability as he did his defense. But yeah, but as we look at let's say we start at the top. Cause I think that, as you said, it's a quarterback award on a very good team. I would venture to guess that there are very few people in the country, even in Buckeye nation that don't completely expect the quarterback from the number two team in the country to win this award. And that's Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I be, since he was a former Buckeye, I don't think that a lot of people are going to be too upset about that, that are listening to this podcast. But if it's not Joe Burrow, do you have a sense as to who might be, close to potentially if he throws eight interceptions and only has a hundred yards in the, in the SEC championship game, what do you think might be the person to come up behind him? I think that if anybody might catch up, uh, I think that a couple of Ohio state guys with Justin Fields and chase young um, have the best chances, but I don't know how close 
Chase is going to be able to get because of what we just talked about. I, I think that he is positioned in some ways to get closer than any defensive player has in a while. Uh, but the fact that Burrow appears to have such a lead uh, and that there's probably a certain type of Heisman voter who will care about the two-game suspension for NCAA bullshit uh, against Maryland and Rutgers, I think it's going to be hard for him to get close, but he could he could wind up finishing second or third, and it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world. Um, elsewhere, I don't know. You know, Jalen Hurts has had a really nice year at Oklahoma, and and I think probably will get to New York because I don't think that Fields and Young would be two and three because I think there'd be some vote splitting there, and I think Hurts is a pretty natural next guy. Um, Trevor Lawrence seems to have gotten pretty much no consideration this year, but has had an excellent season um, and might wind up, you know, getting into the finalist group as well. Um, of course, that depends on just kind of how closely grouped the uh, vote yeah, totals are exactly. because they don't they don't just send three every year. Um, but, yeah, I do think that barring barring a real surprise, it's going to be Burrow uh, and then someone from Ohio State probably next. What do you think about the, the fact – I think every year it's so weird that they open up the voting before the season's over. And I understand that a lot of the people that vote on this are not the most up-to-date on things that are going on in college football. So it, it, it's always weird to me that they could be voting now before the final game of the season even happens. And obviously, you don't necessarily want to put too much stock in one game. But if you're going to give an award for what is essentially – supposedly the best player in college football, you're going to want to have all of the data points in there. Not that I think it matters necessarily with some of these people who don't actually watch a ton of college football and still vote anyway. But um, that's always kind of kind of odd to me. What I think is really interesting here is as we talk about the uh, the players that could win this award, obviously I think we both agree that Joe Burrow is, is going to win. But then you also mentioned obviously Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts. This has become an award that has seen a lot of guys, quarterbacks, that have transferred when in the past few years. Obviously, Jalen Hurts, if he actually somehow did win, he'd be the third straight transfer quarterback at Oklahoma to win. And that kind of surprises me, to be honest with you, because of the old, outdated mentality of a lot of the Heisman voters. I would have thought that they would have been trying to stick to good old state U and anybody who transferred has some sort of scarlet a on their chest. But what do you think about the fact that it is kind of opening up to players that have left and gone somewhere else and have seemed to find success at a second home rather than where they initially signed? Uh, I think it goes to show that we're in an era now of a little bit more athlete empowerment and we're not nearly as far as we should be in that regard. Um, you know, issues of player compensation, but um, I think players have come to understand, and, and particularly quarterbacks in this group, that there are uh, obviously a really there's a really finite number of jobs in FBS and Power Five football at quarterback, um, and players like a Burrow or a Fields, um, I think, are wised up at this point to the fact that um, just because it doesn't work out for you at an LSU or at an Ohio State or at a Georgia, um, does not mean that you can't go on to be awesome somewhere else just you know as a a fit thing or just because the depth chart is a little bit more open there um and so i do think we're going to keep seeing it and you know whether that comes with the ncaa continuing to liberalize its transfer rules a little bit 
um, or whether it's just because athletes see guys like Burrow, guys like Fields having that success, uh, it's going to keep happening. Yeah, and I, I completely agree on the fact that it is, we are not to where we should be necessarily with the uh, the liberalization of the rules for student athletes. But uh, it is a good sign that the I, I've I've been very much surprised and pleased by the amount of transfer portal things that have happened over the last few years and how the NCAA has allowed some of those transfers to happen immediately, which I think they all should happen immediately, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, how, how important do you think having the quote unquote Heisman moment is? Uh, we hear about that so often and they start throwing that around anytime you get to about mid season and something spectacular happens, usually with a quarterback running um, for some reason, but how important is having that for this type of award where there, the voters are so widespread and they're so diverse in terms of their ages and attention spans. How important is having a, a moment like that to the discussion in, in, in a player's candidacy? I don't know that it's that important. I think it's nice and it's something that voters, especially the ones that you mentioned who might not be entirely up on everything that's happening in college football, it might help them sort of decide or, or justify, or maybe they just like to say it. Um, that, you know, that that's a reason for voting for someone. But, uh, you know, Joe Burrow this year, I, I maybe found myself even straining for this when he was uh, leading a couple of really big drives in the second half against Alabama and you say Heisman moment. I mean, were they? You know, I mean, any yeah. – it, it's, it's hard to point back to any one thing that, you know, he really needed to do this year uh, to win the Heisman. And – I think it's tough to do that in a lot of years. You know, Kyler Murray in, in 2018, you know, he had an awesome game uh, at West Virginia rivalry weekend that I guess would probably be the closest thing to a Heisman moment where he, you know, they won a game, maybe it was like 51-48 or something like that. Um, and he had a bunch of long running touchdowns and long passing touchdowns and it was really just awesome. But then if you actually look at the numbers, I mean, he that was like a regular game for him. Um, and so – at this point, quarterbacks are so good and you know, running backs as well. And we mentioned that those are kind of the groups that are actually eligible for the Heisman, that it's like pinpointing one thing when they've just spent entire years thrashing everybody uh, is hard. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of Ohio State fans look at the fact that there's three players potentially in contention for this award from the team. And the only one that's really had that moment is Justin Fields, and it came in this most recent game, and it really wasn't necessarily the most spectacular play. It had to do with the context of he'd been knocked out, hurt his knee, sat out for seven plays, came back in, and on the very next play, scrambled and threw a, a dart for a touchdown. And that's really the only thing that really stands out. Everything else is, I don't know if it's because of Ohio State's, the, the dominance they've had this season, but everything's been kind of ho-hum. There hasn't been anything that has been super spectacular that stands out this season. And I, I just, I can't put a finger on how much that will matter if Ohio state players are kind of fighting amongst each other to, uh -huh. to try to get the votes in that region. Since we know the Heisman trophy voting is, is very much regionally biased. Sure. sure. And I didn't even mention JK Dobbins who, yeah, uh, oh, we'll, get a, there. we'll get there in a, in a lot of years would have a pretty good Heisman case, uh, given the position that he plays and the team that he plays on. Um, so yeah, I think that Ohio state's players may very well, uh, hurt each other in the Heisman voting, you know, and it's, it's, it would be interesting. I mean, Oklahoma a couple of years ago got both Baker Mayfield and DD Westbrook to New York. Uh, and it's conceivable that Ohio state could get two or even three guys to New York, depending on what the vote totals look like. But it just does seem hard to me to figure out how multiple of them are going to get into like the top three. 
uh, it just given, you know, the, the way that that voting dynamic is. Yeah, it, it feels like it would have to be five or heaven forbid six uh, for them to potentially have Justin Fields, J.K. Dobbins and Chase Young all make it to New York, which seems I mean, it seems possible if the vote is spread thin enough, like you said, they they take all the votes and then somewhere around there, they take where the na- natural line of demarcation is in the voting. And that's who they invite. But if it's three, you're right there. I obviously not all three are going to make it, but um, it would seem to have to be at the, the farther end of that to try to get all three. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You mentioned J.K. Dobbins, and I did want to talk about the running backs because I think that position, even though you lumped them in as potential winners just in the general sense of the award, it seems like they've kind of just been excluded altogether with the award this season because of the dominant quarterbacks and then people throwing in Chase Young from the defensive side of the ball. But there really are three backs uh, that could contend for this, and only two of them are folks that I think a lot of people in Big Ten country have really paid much attention to because they're both in the Big Ten, Jonathan Taylor for Wisconsin and J.K. Dobbins for Ohio State. But Chuba Hubbard out at Oklahoma State um, has better numbers, uh, mm-hmm. at least in the raw numbers, than both of them. I think a lot of people will also throw in the caveat that it's the Big 12. Everybody's got better offensive numbers in the Big 12. But there are three guys who are more or less in the same ballpark. They've all got six and a quarter to six and a, you know, and a half yards per carry. They've got 19, 20, 21 touchdowns for as somebody who kind of doesn't look at college football from a team or even conference perspective. What are big 10 fans missing about Chuba Hubbard and what he's done this season? Uh, I think that a lot of people are missing how explosive Chuba Hubbard's been. I mean, he's done some things this year um, as far as the frequency of ripping off like these 70, 80 yard runs that we really don't see very often in college football. And, you know, you're right that it's in the Big 12 and uh, you should probably adjust it somewhat for that, given that the defenses that he's seeing there uh, in most cases are not great. But um, he's been impressive pretty much down the line this year, and he's incredibly explosive. Um, He's been consistent. He's really, I think, carried that offense more than people give credit for. I mean, Oklahoma State's had a lot of injuries. Uh, Spencer Sanders, their QB, has been down some. Uh, t- uh, Tillon Wallace. <clears throat> I'm not actually much of it's Tillon or Tylen Wallace, um, even though I covered him as a recruit, but an excellent receiver um, who was in Bolitnikov contention both last year and this year. Um, you know, really kind of a total receiver who's been crucial for them. He's been hurt for the last the quarter of this season. Um, and the offense in general just isn't as good as you would think um, based on their raw numbers. The reason that it's worked is because they have Hubbard and and he's been awesome. Um, he hasn't 
had any particular let up against the really good teams on that schedule. Uh, I think against Baylor, he had, you know, I don't have it in front of me, but pretty impressive totals that were, uh, yeah, 32 for 171 against Baylor, uh, which is one of the best defenses in the country. Um, so, you know, that that almost sounds like what you'd expect an Alabama running back in a big LSU game to have some year. Uh, and those guys win the Heisman all the time. Uh, so I don't think she was actually going to gonna win it. Um, I'm not even sure he's going to be a finalist. But if he were, it would be really hard to argue. If you had to group those three running backs, and I'm assuming it's just those three. I, I, I can't imagine anybody else uh, sneaking in there. I mean, maybe Travis Etienne uh, from Clemson, but you mm-hmm. know he's got great numbers to it. He seems to kind of be the, the odd man out when discussing potential Heisman candidates as running backs. Where do you put them? Because my general sense is, as a Buckeye fan, J.K. Dobbins is the best, but Jonathan Taylor is probably the most likely to get Heisman consideration. Uh, I think that the best all-around back in the country is J.K. Dobbins, just as a mix of power and speed. And he's he's been that way since he was a crude. I, I remember uh, when he was at the opening um, up in Oregon at Nike headquarters, Bud Elliott and I were there, and he one uh i think it was like the spark championship or whatever it was called Mm -hmm. where his athletic testing was just absurd like some of the best in the history of recruiting and it's really manifested uh as he's actually gone on to be a college football player um slotting them numbers wise is very difficult i think dobbins is probably the most talented i think he's one of the most talented running backs to ever come through college football um it is tricky i i'd actually bump dobbins ahead of taylor because of the level of competition um the big 10 east has more stingy defenses than yeah. the Big Ten West. Um, way more stingy defenses. I mean, several that are a lot better than anything except uh, really Iowa's front, I think, that he's seen in the West. Um, it's hard to compare Hubbard against either of them because he's in a different environment. Um, but it's notable that, you know, in average rush, Dobbins beats both of them. Um, he's also playing behind an Ohio State offensive line. Right. Um, but you know, Taylor's playing behind a pretty beefy offensive line at Wisconsin and Hubbard's isn't so bad at Oklahoma state either. Uh, I haven't answered your question. I've been evasive. It's hard. That's fine. That's it's it's hard. I mean, they all, they all have their own cases, uh, that are, that are unique and compelling. Yeah. And I think the one thing that Buckeye fans will always point to is Jonathan Taylor's performance against Ohio state. While Ohio state is obviously the best rushing defense that he's run against. Wisconsin is also the best running defense that J.K. Dobbins yeah. has run against, and J.K. Dobbins had three times the yards that Taylor had, and I don't know if voters will take that into consideration if they'll look that deeply. Sure. But, but I would we- say that also, like, to Ohio State fans, to be fair, I mean, think of, like, Leonard Fournette in 2015 was awesome. I mean, I, I don't think that there are that many people who actually think Derrick Henry was better than Leonard Fournette that year, yeah. but Derrick Henry won the Heisman because Derrick Henry didn't have to play Alabama's defense. Right. Uh, Whereas Leonard Fournette did, and it didn't go well. Um, Ohio State's defense is roughly on that level. I mean, it's an amazing defense. Um, So I don't knock Taylor too much for not doing much against Ohio State's defense. I mean, I'm not sure how well Dobbins would do against Ohio State's defense. I don't know that it's possible to be that effective as a running back against this Ohio State defense. Yeah, it's it's one of those catch-22s of – you you want to use that as a data point because it's the best defense he's played against. Yeah. But when his primary opposition from the position can't technically play against that defense, it's really tough to kind of gauge how much that actually matters. But um, yeah. I, I've got two more questions, one on the Heisman and one on something tangentially related to the Heisman. So if you, if I'm going to put you on the spot, no evading this one, who do you think gets 
invited to New York. Obviously, we don't know the number. So if you just had to guess and say which one of these, whether it's three, two, three, four, five, six, however, which players do you think actually end up in New York for the Heisman ceremony next Saturday? I think that if I had to guess three, I would go with Burrow, Fields, and Taylor. I think because I think if we're saying if it's three, I have a hard time seeing two of them being Buckeyes. Uh, But on the same on the same hand, Wisconsin's not good enough for Taylor to really be a serious candidate to win the Heisman. Uh, You know what? Let me let me swap out Taylor for for Jalen Hurts, actually, as I think about it. So let's say I would think that the likeliest three would be Burrow Fields and Jalen Hurts. I think that that is probably. Uh, where I would land if it's three. And if it's four, I think you would make room for maybe Chase Young, maybe Jonathan Taylor, mm-hmm. uh, and see where you go. No, nothing from the left side of the country. You don't think that that voting block has any say to get? I don't, I don't, uh, I don't even know who tough. it would I mean, be. Tyler Huntley at Utah has had an unbelievable season. I think yeah. one of the most underrated QB seasons uh, in a long time. I mean, he's been awesome. He's in the top three in yards per throw. Yeah, his touchdown to interceptions is six to sixteen to two. Um, he's way up there in every efficiency stat. He's better than you know a bunch of the elite quarterbacks that we think of as future top five NFL picks in a lot of things. But you don't hear about him. And yeah. so if we're if we're talking about what we think the Heisman vote is actually going to be, um, kind of goes the same with Trevor Lawrence, who has had. Really an incredible season, but yeah. I think has been painted one way because he had a somewhat uncharacteristic start, which was still in the midst of Clemson blowing almost everybody out. Um, but yeah, I don't see any voting block rallying around anybody from out west this year, you know, to to be a Heisman finalist. It would have to be Huntley at Utah, and it just doesn't. I just don't see it, just given the the lack of attention that he's gotten, which isn't fair, um, but is is the way it is. Yeah, you can blame the uh, Pac-12 leadership for those TV contracts. And yeah, I mean he's on Pac-12 that. Network sometimes. You know, and a lot I, of people don't get that. Yeah. yeah, I don't yeah. get the Pac-12 Network. I've tried. I, I can't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so last question. Like I said, this is tangential to the Heisman. But one of the things that Banner Society does is the Heisman Trophy, and the uh, the finalists were announced earlier this week. For those people, first off, who don't know what the Piesman Trophy is, and shame on you if you don't, um, <laughs> can you explain what this very, very prestigious award is? Sure. It's a, it's very simply an award for a lineman who does something that is very unlineman like So that's running with the ball, catching the ball, throwing the ball, could be kicking the ball. I mean, we don't know. It could, it, you know, there's, we, we don't want to put limits on uh, the kind of, uh, effort that could be eligible for Pisman consideration. But uh, yeah, this is, uh, I think, the fourth year, maybe the fifth that we've done the Pisman. Uh, we've had a great group of past winners, um, and it's a great ballot this year. Um, and uh, a lot of good candidates, you know, a lot of schools are, are involved stumping for their, for their guys, which is great. Uh, I think the University of Northern Iowa made like a political campaign ad for their guy, uh, Bronte <laughs> Wells, who's in there. Uh, and you know, we've got, we've got Notre Dame, we've got Texas, we've got Wisconsin all involved pushing for their players. Um, Auburn is in there. Uh, I think big cat Bryant is, is maybe my favorite right now, but I, I'm still stewing over my, my ballot. I don't want to, I don't want to commit just yet. 
Um, so yeah, okay. we'd love to have you vote. Uh, you can you can find the link to vote at bannersociety.com. Yeah, and we'll we'll throw it in the show notes and in the article version of this uh, podcast. Make sure, yeah, there's two Big Ten guys, but then also what I love about the Piesman is that you've got the the Big Ten and the the Power Five conferences, and then you've got schools like Culver, Stockton, and uh-huh. Utica. Like it is really an equal opportunity award. Unlike the Heisman, which, like you said, only focuses on the handful of top 10 teams in the country. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Alex, thank you so much for providing your insight. I really appreciate it. And uh, good luck with your uh, Heisman consideration. I, I, I hope you come to a place where you feel content and satisfied with your pick. Thank you. I'll be prayerfully considering it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Land Grant Holy Land in conversation. And of course, thanks to Banner Society's Alex Kirshner. You can follow him on Twitter at Alex underscore Kirshner. That's at A-L-E-X underscore K-I-R-S-H-N-E-R. If you are finding this podcast on our website, don't forget to go to your favorite podcasting application and subscribe so that you get all of the Land Grant Holy Land audio goodness downloaded directly to your device as soon as it becomes available. Also, don't forget to follow Land Grant Holy Land on Twitter at LandGrant33. You can find me at BWWMATT. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. And go Bucks.